Hey, and welcome to Evil Crazy Genius. Today, I will be speaking to Tony Kane. He is a pro athlete turned financial wizard. Fun fact is that his secret to success is not simply hard work. However, it's four pillars, very specific ones that we'll be discussing today. I'm so glad to have you here, Tony. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah. So tell me, how the hell did it happen? You started uh, being a pro athlete. And of course, as it happens, like it didn't work out. Life yeah, happens, it... life gets in the way. And then you get got into finance, entrepreneurship, and now you're coaching. So you basically like became from from like a, a trainee i guess into a teacher straight away yeah. it's a good question i think um my sort of you know at the moment a lot of people are going through this covid where it's just mm. a complete an instant life changer for them what they were doing yeah. what they thought they were you know how this year would pan out is completely different for almost everyone on the planet and um I sort of had a bit of a preparation. This is like the second time this has happened to me. When I, um, when I was 19, I sort of, I was about to make my pro debut and um, like fortunately everything was going amazing. And I thought that I was going to you know, go on to play for 10, 15 years and make a lot of money. So I was like, you know, I was probably like a lot of people at the start of this year where life was good, didn't have a lot to worry about. And then, I made my pro debut and um, four minutes into it, I had an injury which um, essentially separated my lower half of my leg to the top of half of my leg and wow. I completely snapped um, my knee and um, it, I, I'll, I can send you a photo and um, you could, <laughs> if you've got a strong... I want to see it. I'll have nightmares, yeah. man. Oof. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe don't How look. Don't look but, um, How can you was, do such um, a thing? Yeah. So that was my COVID, um, you know, yeah, sounds like 14 it. years ago what and, the hell? um, the long and the long and, uh, illustrious pro career was over before it got started. Um, mm -hmm. and I found myself, um, with no contract, no money, no job. And I sort of had to change and, and, and um, go down a different direction and finance was, always interesting to me i always grew up thinking i was always fascinated of how um some people had money and some people didn't you know you, okay okay i'll take that i was like somebody grows up fascinated by finance i was like not so much the economics really? and algebra like, and you know okay <laughs> so that's just, interesting that's a first yeah yeah, yeah more, more so like you know how you, you you go to a friend's house and there's a huge house or they're always on holidays and versus mm -hmm. what you have and you sort of just I always had this sort of like, where is the, what, what's the difference here? Um, mm -hmm. and cause it wasn't hard work. Like I saw my mum and dad work really hard. I'm like, oh, well, they, they work their butts off. Where, where's our mansion and where's our mm -hmm. <laughs> holiday? Mm -hmm. So when I couldn't play sports anymore, I, I sort of pretty, pretty quickly worked out that I wanted to be in finance. And then, um, I spent three or four years working for, for a, um, a big company. And then I, then I realized that, for me to live the life that I want, I'd probably need to have my own business as opposed to mm -hmm. work for a business. And that sort of, that was the big sort of catalyst for, for me to change my life. It was like, all right, well, this is scary. This is risky. But I, I sort of, Aliza, like I sort of felt like 
working for someone for the next 40 years, I felt that was way more risky than actually making the plunge to go and work for myself. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. You know, everyone sort of thinks yeah. it's risky to work for you to work for yourself. I, I looked at the risk of working for someone else as, as more scarier than actually working. why. Oh, only because I self-confessed and a bit of a control freak. So I, I um, knew it. I was like, yeah. is it control? Huh, yeah, I it, see. absolutely. It's all control. I, um, you know, I didn't have kids then, but I was married and, and, um, my wife and I love travel. So I couldn't handle the fact that I could only go away for four weeks a year. You know, mm. mm-hmm. that alone, that alone was enough motivation for me to go, okay, now I need to be in control here and, you know, and, um, and be able to choose when and what I want to do. Um, but I didn't know at the time when I started my first business is that there was no time to go away and you didn't have any money to go away. <laughs> I figured that out. I figured out that out pretty quickly. So that sort of led me to where I am now, where I, um, I started my own business in two, my first business in 2013 with, with, um, with $20,000 and, I was lucky enough to be able to build that up and scale it to be able to sell it for seven figures three years later. And well, that's a good like return oh, on investments. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> tell me about it. I was, I was really lucky. I think it was luck, a luck and a lot of hard work. And, um, but what helped me, Lisa, was what I do now. I built a system in that business yeah. for my life and the business that helped me to grow that business and that's what I've been able to replicate and that's what I help my clients with essentially having a system for how to manage your life and your business and and being able to control that outcome mm-hmm. oh control again it, it's interesting because then you like make sure that the variables that are important they're they bring the results that you need so you basically found these variables yeah you know like hmm. I always talk about it like the sleep at night test, you know? So I like help businesses owners sleep better because they know uh, they sort of understand. I can give them some clarity of what they need to do to achieve what they want to achieve. And they know that in that process, there's going to be lots of bad days and weeks and months and even years. But if it's planned properly, the end outcome will be what they're after. And I think that's what most mm-hmm. people um, lay awake at night worrying about is that they just don't know how it's going to end. And they're, and they're not sure if all their hard work is actually ever going to pay off. And I think that's really, um, mm. it, that, that makes me, um, it sort of hurts me to, to, to know there's so many people out there who are working so hard with no idea of how it's going to end up. Hmm. So why, what's, what's, what's the difference between a person who is working hard with a plan and without one? Well, I think the yeah, like I, I, so for example, right, if you're having a really shitty day or um, dealing with a really shitty client, if you have no vision of why you're doing that versus if you have a strong vision to say, okay, all right, I know this client's annoying the hell out of me or I know I know this has been a tough week or a tough year, but I know that in X amount of time, I'm going to have a really nice home. I'm going to be able to put my kids through school. I'm going to be able to do the travel I want. It's a, it can get you through those tough times mm-hmm. as opposed to not having any plans and just sort of going, 
well, this sucks right now. And then I don't know if tomorrow will still suck and maybe five years time might still suck. It, it just makes today a lot harder if you don't have that sort of exciting vision that's pulling that you, that's pulling you towards it. Mm, okay. I see. So you're basically saying that if you have a certain like things that you guarantee yourself that you're going to have, like you're saving for the trips or whatever, like you're making sure that they're going to happen and that this is your like plan B, like this is like, so you don't rely on just like the cash flow, but you rely on something that's more tangible and you create it more tangible for yourself. Is it that? That is exactly right. So, Mm -hmm. so so I'll talk you through the system. So, um, because that's exactly what it is. So, the first, well, the first step is not really anything to do with business and, and finance, but it's it's to do with health and, and lifestyle. So mm, I always right. like to start there and, and help people to get more clarity and structure around their life. So we do things like work out their ideal week and figure out, okay, well, here's all the things that we need to get done in the week. We need to work. We've got to look after our family. We've got to look after our exercise. You know, we've got just general life admin. So I start mm-hmm. off by figuring out how can we maximize what we can get out of every day? and essentially maximize the energy that we have for every day so we can get more done. So first things first is I want to help, I want to help people to figure out how they can get on top of their health so and get on top of their life structure so they can maximize how much energy they have and how much they can get done. So that's, that's step one. And that's really important because I always say, you know, there's no point being the billionaire on your private jet, you know, if you've got chest pains, you know, that's, that's probably, yeah. <laughs> you, you yeah, know, money, right. Money can help you with the health. Like if money you're sleeping two hours a day, it's like, good luck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Lisa, like a lot of people skip that step. They, they want to skip over that step. They just want to start making the money. Um, but <laughs> yeah, um, you tell me that later. I'll sleep yeah. when I have my millions. Yeah. Absolutely. The clients of mine, they get annoyed because I always, they want to come to me to help them grow their business and make money. But then I start talking to them about sleeping well and eating right. And they're like, oh, what? <laughs> Have I come to the wrong really? place? Again? But, like, yeah, yeah. My yeah, mom exactly, told but, me that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's what I get them motivated. There's like a direct link between health and money. Like It's crystal clear because the healthier mm-hmm. you are, the the more energy you have, the more energy you have, the more that you get done, the more that you get done, the more you make. So I, so so that's step one. So then step two is we figure out what they want. So it's like, okay, before we get into the business, let's figure out what you want as a person or as a family. So that would be, okay, well, what do you want for your kids? Do we need to allow for, to make money for their education or what do you want personally? What type of house do you want to live in? What type of travel do you want to do? What type of, um, you know, giving do you want to do? What type of people do you need to make money for to look after other people? So we, we sort of, I help my clients get an understanding of what they really need to earn to live the mm-hmm. life they want to live uh, and helping other people and helping them grow their wealth. So we sort of can narrow that down to like a number, what I call the number. It's like live budgeting, is it? It's like yeah, for business, so, you budget your life, like everything. Correct. So, so huh. I, I have a philosophy that everyone has the number, right? Everyone has their own number, right? And, and for some people, it's 50000 a year. For some people, it's 
500,000 a year. For some people, it's 5 million a year, right? There's an everything in between. But what I really love to help people is to help them to figure out what their number is, right? So that's step two. And once you figure out, okay, I need X amount to live the lifestyle that I want to live. Then we get into the exciting stuff. And that's when we say, okay, cool. Well, we've, we've maximized our energy. We know what we need to earn. Then we get into the business planning and we go, okay, well, we, we know what we're after now. So how do we strategically manage this business to make sure that we can earn what you need to earn? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where so you're reverse really... engineering it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So compared to 99.9% of businesses out there, Aliza, where they will just be like, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do my best and I will, whatever's left over, I'll take. <laughs> right. See what that's happens. How, yeah. yeah. That's what happens. And there's nothing wrong with that. We've all, we've all done that, but that that's getting back to what I said before. That's what keeps people up at night because they don't know if they're going to be able to send their kids to the school they want or retire when they want or buy that house or go on that holiday. They just, they're just hoping that it will happen. They're just praying. They're like, oh my yeah. God, I hope it works out. I don't know. Ah. That's right. And, um, and that's, um, that can, I reckon, I believe like that creates a lot of anxiety because it's, yeah. uh, the, yeah. um, you know, uncertainty is, is a really, um, uncertainty unsettles us, right? So once they know that number, then we, so for example, right? let's say that your number is $100,000 and you know that if you can bring in $100,000 after tax, then you can live the exact life that you want. <laughs> then we say, okay, well, what type of business are you in? Oh, okay, I'm a hairdresser. Okay, cool. All right, well, how many haircuts do you need to do every year? Once we take your costs out of it and we understand your margin for you to earn $100,000 and that could be, all right, well, we need to do uh, 500 haircuts a year to earn your 100,000, right? So then we know that there's, you might say, well, I want to work 46 weeks a year. So that's 10, that's 10 haircuts a week. So that can help people because they know how hard they need to work once mm-hmm. they know what their numbers are. Yeah, I see that. And then, so that's step three. And then step four is once they've done all, all those steps, then we say, okay, well, let's make sure that we're investing outside of our business. So one day, if we don't want to work anymore or we can't work, we don't have to. So that's what I was talking about before where that's that there's that asset that's independent of the business. So if COVID hits or if something happens where the business, you know, if the business gets sued or the business gets goes under, it's not our whole life wrapped up into it. Yeah. So it's like invest in Amazon kids. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. Or, or anything that's good quality. That's not your business. Yeah, everything that basically watch Warren Buffett on that, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't listen to me about <laughs> what to invest in. Cause there's a, uh, but yeah. I just, um, yeah, I think the most important thing is that people use business as a vehicle to create wealth for themselves outside Absolutely. their business. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like as well, like you can multiply whatever you have by, um, I guess like providing value to others. Like you don't have to 
create like that's the thing like you said like you can invest but you can also there's another thing that is like creating content or creating value for others like books or whatever that is kind of it ends up being this passive income that will serve people like during a long time and it will kind of bring you either benefits that are um, monetary or in the end it's just like a connection or somebody who likes you like whatever just an opportunity yeah like, exactly right like why mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing is where it's like when it comes to like wealth creation, a lot of people think that there's only a couple of ways to do it. And that might be buying a property or buying shares. But I, I, mm. I think investing in business is, is a great way to make money. Like it's and with the stuff you know, that you which do. ones you <laughs> invest. What, what's your criteria to investing in businesses? I think it's a very tricky subject, especially if you want to invest in startups. Oh, oh God forbid. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I should preface that. So in, I, I invest in businesses that I have control in. So, um, mm. I, um, so when I'm talking about, I'm talking about even small businesses, like the stuff that you do. So, you know, you might have people listening out there who work full time, but you know, they need to create some extra money to grow their mm. wealth. So they might start up a side hustle where they, they wholesale, they wholesale something or they drop ship something or they create a product that they can sell. So, I sort of think like that is that a business fits into that investment category in addition to shares and property. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I see that too. Yeah. Cause you look at say like a young person, it's, there's lots of people in their twenties all over the world who they couldn't afford to buy a property today you know, <laughs> no, under in any, in any yeah. situation. Right. Yeah, so true. But they, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be able to grow their wealth and become wealthy. So I would say to those people, what's a, what's a business that they could start? They could start generating them that income so then they can save up to buy that property. The question is like whether they need to buy the property in the first place, but that's a, a different subject. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Well, it's, I'm in Australia. So everyone in Australia is property obsessed, but mm. I do, I do agree with you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, um, I, when, when I say buy that property, I, you know, more like invest. So one day. Wait, actually, qu- weird question out of the blue. Because in America, there is a thing that is almost impossible to do in Europe. So I wonder if it's working in Australia. Have you heard about house hacking? No. You haven't? Okay, basically it's a thing. Uh, you buy a house and there's the whole like idea how you can buy it, but you can buy a con like, I think it's called a condo or something. Basically mm-hmm. it's like when there's two flats in the same house kind of. Yep. Like, yep. Something yep. like that. And then you buy it and there is like a, a whole scheme. It's a little bit complicated to explain because it's like, it's like you, ha- you need numbers, but um, basically what you do, you buy it, um, via mortgage and then you put the first down payment and then you appraise it like you remodel it you appraise it a little bit higher therefore like whatever you're getting is kind of under the rent you would be paying if you were like just a tenant then you get another tenant in there to pay for the second apartments like just renting it out and it, it pays for you and for him and it's a whole thing i don't know and basically you don't pay rent and they these people are paying off your mortgage Yes. Yeah. No, we, we did that. That happens in Australia all the time. We, we use sort of, um, it's like it, people would in Australia, the terminology is like you're buying a duplex and yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So you, 
you, you get to live there. Someone else lives in the other part of the house and what they pay in rent covers the full mortgage repayment. So essentially you get to live for free. So yeah. it's a great idea. It um, depends on what part of the world you're in um, because yeah. of course how much that costs. But that's what I think the, that the whole new world, like our parents back in the day or in, in Australia, you just saved really hard for 10 years and you bought a house and then you worked really hard for 40 years to pay the house off. Where, oh yeah, I mean, for our, for our generation, that's like going to jail. Do you know I mean? That sounds so boring Basically, and tedious. Yeah. <laughs> so I think what you're going to find is um, this, this sort of hacking and looking at different strategies where, where people, you know, Gen X and Y, they're going to be, um, and Z are going to be happy to actually not lock themselves into something so permanent and they'll, they'll be happy to just try, try different ways of getting ahead that are non-traditional. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's, it's the world of like gig economy and like doing a bunch of jobs at the same time. Like you're a barista yoga teacher at the same time, you're like a Instagram influencer. And that's how the majority of like my generation lives They're like, they have like a bunch of jobs that don't really have a strong purpose. Like, you know, <laughs> Like, I love that though, but I, 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 I reckon that bunch of things. Yeah. yeah but I, I reckon that's the new world. Like, yeah. And I have this philosophy where I think that we're going to live a lot longer than our, you know, our parents and our parents' parents. So therefore I don't see any rush for us to nail down exactly what we need to be doing with our life. Do you know what I mean? Because I believe that people in their twenties and thirties now will probably work until they're, 70s and 80s so there isn't okay this, interesting there isn't why because we because we're going to live till we're <laughs> 110 do you know what i mean so hmm. it's it's different i don't i don't sort of believe that we need to figure out what we're going to do tomorrow and then because we, we're going to retire at 60 do you know what i mean I, I feel like our our timelines are a lot a lot further extended so I think like probably a lot of people are they're feeling like they're never going to retire because the retirement fund would just not exist when they're there. <laughs> so it's yeah, like you know, probably it's that. Yeah, but, I, I you know what I agree. <laughs> I agree, but I reckon there's a I reckon there's like a silver lining with that. Like I think that yeah. retirement for us will be yeah, we do two or three gigs a week, which give us enough money to live our life. But those two or three gigs might take a day, a day's work time. Do you know what I mean? So I don't look at that as like a bad retirement. I'm like, if I'm in my seventies and I'm on a beach in Spain with a beer and then I've just got to duck inside and spend two hours to, to, to push out a gig or a project. I, I think that is more our generation's retirement will look more like as opposed to, you know, our parents where you get to 60, they give you a gold watch yeah. and they, they say congratulations and then you go and sit at home for 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> you have no purpose now. Bye-bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Piece I, I mean, of ma- human. Yeah, I, exactly. Like, I, I feel like the people that are so gung-ho on retirement haven't quite found exactly what they should be doing yet. True. If, they just can't if, wait to stop doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if that's all you can think, think about now, I'd love them to think about, all right, what, what's something that I would be seriously quite happy doing for half a day a week for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Like I look at your business, like there's no reason that like 
Okay, so let me give you an example, right? So at the moment with the world economy, for you to, if you were retired now, right, and you needed $1,000 a week in, in, you know, let's average it across the world economies, you would approximately need to have around about million dollars US mm-hmm. to generate a thousand dollars a week. Right? Now, for us to generate a million dollars US in cash is extremely difficult. Right? Like maybe impossible. Like, you know. But well, having for, a normal job, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for someone yeah. like yourself to generate a thousand dollars a week doing a job is is not difficult at all so Hmm. i sort of look at in the future that people it'll it'll change a little bit and i'd still love for people to invest to make sure they're growing their wealth but it won't be the only asset that we've got because our brains will be the other asset Hmm. true true it's it's an age of decentralization of information yeah so (laughs) no that was magic but yeah but it's that's what it is what yeah, was I your like life like aha moment when when you realize like oh like there is more to life or like oh I want to go yeah, yeah, and yeah. find something that's special like when when did you realize like uh, that when when did you kind of construct that four step system like what was it what was the trigger yeah it was probably it it probably got formalized two years ago, but mm. it was probably in the background coming together in the last sort of 15 Boggling. years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I knew, I suppose I'd, um, I'd always spoken about it and, and maybe lived it and helped people to construct that, but it never was a system. It was mm-hmm. just tips. So I just sort of brought the four most important things that I believed in into a system. Now that, is easier for people to understand and follow. Yeah, I see. And, and what, I, um, how, what changed it? Because like, I feel like society does like, that's the thing. Like society goes against those principles. They're like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, you don't have to be healthy. It's grind culture. Wear yourself off. Don't sleep. Yeah, yeah. Who's sleeping <laughs> nowadays? <laughs> Drink I, um, coffee, litters. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I think it came about from seeing so like I've literally met and worked with thousands of clients and Mm -hmm. I think it's just the, the live feedback. You can see it on people's faces. You can identify the problems live. So I I would see so many people and I would be like, there's got to be a better way for all of us. You know, that's eye circles. They're like, Hey, yeah, yeah, that's right. Like they're worried. they're, They're, so I think for me, the biggest thing that I live by is, you know, I think everyone has the next level of their life that they can get to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I mean, what I mean by next level is they're happier, they're healthier, they're making more money, they're helping more people. I sort of think that every, everyone has another level and, and, and they probably just don't realize it yet. So that's what I try to do with myself and my clients is figure out, okay, well, how do I get to that next level? And how do I help a client to, you know, become, become healthier, you know, be happier, make more money, help more people. And then 
once they get to that level, let's go again, you know, let's make even more money so we can help even more people. So I, you know, it probably sounds corny, but I believe in that. I believe mm-hmm. that everyone has another level or infinite levels really, but you've yeah, got to go up that's what one at a time. Yeah. Well, there's life hacks, eh? <laughs> there's shortcuts. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Tell me what's your like favorite transformation story or like the one that surprised you the most of your clients that you were like, whoa, like, huh? whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I thought I would help you this way and they maybe like skipped 50 levels and you're like, whoa, whoa, stop, like chill. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I've worked with like um, young athletes and stuff where the – first meeting it's like they've they're they haven't cracked the big time yet and you don't know if they will right it's like oh you know i i hope this kid goes on to to to, to do what he wants to do and then uh, i had one i had one kid who who plays um professional sports where i live in in Cronulla, and um he met me maybe 10 12 years ago and i i mapped out a rough plan for him in terms of how his life could could work out if he did X, Y, Z. And, um, oh, I subsequently sold that business. So I, I hadn't kept working with him, but I run into him every now and then. And I've seen his, his wealth has gone from here to, to he's like, like he said, he's gone up that levels all the way to here where his life is for the rest of his life. Now he's only in his early thirties. It's going to be significantly different and, and all because not so much what I I maybe showed him what was possible, but mm-hmm. he actually then went out and implemented it and, and, and every year has been inching forward. And, and now he's in a situation where he has reached that next level of his life. And, um, and, and what happens, Elisa, is what, once you sort of start to go up the levels, opportunities start to pop up everywhere, both in life and in business. And um, what, what you find is that, once you're in a situation where you've, you're making more money, opportunities will pop up, which can even make you more money. So, yeah, it's the, the, what is it called? Um, it's, 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 it's the, um, it's, it's the thing about abundance, right? Like when there's more, when there's a lot, there's more plenty coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like- the opposite, you know, like when, when you're in this scarcity kind of place, and there's less. That's so right. Like- exactly. And like when you're happier and you're more energetic, you're actually more alert to. Ah, that's actually true. Hmm. So like if you're really stressed out and, 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 um, and manic and, and um, I suppose you're just in that mindset, the best opportunity could walk past you and you wouldn't realize it. Um, true compared to that's why I'm so big on energy. It's like, all right, well, like, cause I, there's, there's hundreds of opportunities, whether it's an opportunity to, to work with someone or work, work on something, but you've got to be, it's got to be the right time and you've got to have the energy and, and the um, ability to go and take advantage of that opportunity. Um, so I think that's one of the things to inspire people. It's like, no matter how bad you're going right now, if you can just inch forward a little bit, the opportunities will start to go your way and pop up more. And, but you've the, that energy create creates that momentum and you know, that's that momentum can help you get like those small little wins. And, and 
what those little wins do is they give you more momentum to sort of keep going and keep going to that next level. So that's what, that's what I've seen happen. And that's what really gets me out of bed. Yeah. Like just constant, like little positive reinforcements that are like, like, yeah, Yeah, you're on the right path. You're like, okay, great. You're on the right right. path. Fantastic. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, and just um, not being too hard on yourself either, because Mm. you could, you've got to think about like, if you said, all right, well, I want to be here in three years, it, for whatever reason, it could be COVID this year, you might actually go backwards. Right. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to get there. It's, you just got to be a bit kinder to yourself and, 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 and sort of expand the time frames. you know, detach, detach yourself from the outcome. Like I want to make a million dollars in five years. Well, that's awesome. But if you make 300 grand in five years and then in the, in the sixth year, you make a million dollars. That's also awesome. Yeah. Like, like, so you can't really, I like people to have goals, but not be attached to them so much that it impacts them negatively. If it doesn't work out for whatever reason, you would be a great trader. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, just like, yeah, no, but really like that's, that's practically, yeah, that's the whole idea of like, the, 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 that's the basics of being a trader. Like if you can detach from the goal and understand that whenever you go like, into a deep you know you know that you can go back you don't go oh okay that's it i'm done uh it was awful yeah, that's right. i feel rejected by the market <sighs> <laughs> and don't worry i'm i'm also human so i of course we 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 want to give up and 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 quit you know we all we all have those thoughts every day it's just having that purpose high enough and that 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 vision that's exciting enough to keep you going Mm. okay what excites you what is the thing that gives you most energy do you have any hacks oh yeah for sure so i've got two daughters um so what excites me is the just the 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 idea of traveling the world with with Mm -hmm. my wife and my daughter so i can't do it now uh obviously but yeah yeah like um yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, that, that's probably the number one thing, like, you know, above mansions and fancy cars and that stuff doesn't really excite me, but the idea of, um, getting on planes and going, going to see the world with the family, that's, that's pretty cool for me. That, that, that's, that's the type of stuff that gets me through a shitty client or a shitty month or even a shitty year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Those, those visions, you know, like, um, they, 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 if I need to get out of bed and I'm struggling, I could do you have a on... vision board? No, Confess I don't have a vision board. You should get one. Uh, I, I, um, I, Formations, vision boards, it's a must. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. A hundred percent. What I do is I have like a note in my phone, the goals mm-hmm. and every morning and every night before I go to bed, I, I, I read them. And, um, it's the same as it's my version of a vision board. Um, mm. but, but it, oh, my head is like works on super duper speed. So I have these visions crossing through my brain all day, every day. Anyway, so it's like, I have it. My vision board is, <laughs> is like, Travel. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh shit. 
Oh, that's <laughs> there's that thought about going to the Greek islands or going to Disneyland. Like, <laughs> it, the the visions are pretty regular, so I I, I wouldn't. I probably have the board in here. <laughs> nice, nice. That, that's that means that you have really nice imagination. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's it. Well, it's a, yeah. I hundred percent. For whatever reason, I believe that's my biggest motivator. I just I can see myself on that plane with my girls, or you know, at, at Disneyland with the girls. I can literally see it, and I it. it it really excites me. And for some people that might just be, that could be the vision of seeing their kids graduate or the vision of um, buying that house. You know what I mean? Or, or a combination of all three. Um, I, I sort of I have goals, but I think visions are a lot stronger. Yeah, definitely. Because there is, there's been a study that um, about manifestation, which arises from vision, like, vision boards and just in visualizing things and they said that basically um the difference between you playing a piano like practicing to play piano and you imagining it is almost like there's like an error margin of like zero point something percent so you playing the piano practicing gives you the same um advancement in piano playing as just imagining it the same thing like that would be interesting to you. Um, there was um, a study with, I feel, I don't remember how they call them. I'm not, I'm not really into sports, but they threw um, basketballs into the baskets and it was like a very good shot. And they were practicing to yeah, do it. Yeah. And some people visualized it. Some people did it. Some people didn't do nothing. People who didn't do nothing obviously didn't have any results. And the people who visualized and practiced had very little, like again, margin of error. Margin of error, yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, I love that. And and the one thing like I'll leave you with, Alicia, is like I think what's been helpful for me is visions. I think pull visions pull me right. They pull me towards that 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 success. I think goals. You have to push towards goals, right? Mm. And I think everyone finds it easier to be pulled towards something to then to have to push push it. So like if I say, oh. I'm trying to make a million dollars in the next two years. It's like, a, it's, it's like, all right, well, th that starts to stress me out a little bit. Do you it's know what I mean? I've got to, yeah, yeah, like, if I have a shit day, yeah. it's like, well, far mm. out. I'm not working towards that goal where if I have a vision of, I'm going to be on that trip in two years time and it's going to cost me around the world trip with my family. It cost me 50 grand, whatever, blah, blah. It's like, I can, I can pull, get pulled towards that and it's not stressful at all. It's exciting. You know, or mm. if I want a new house in five years, it's like I, I can picture that house and I'm not like um, that pulls me towards it as opposed to saying I need to create $2 million in the next five years to buy that house. That, that goal stresses me out because I don't know where I'm going to get the $2 million from. <laughs> but the vision of the house, it just pulls me towards it and I feel like the – the, the world's got a funny way of helping you get towards your visions. Mm, very true. Very true. It's interesting. Like there's like this very slight difference between goals and visions, but still like they're kind of the same, but kind of not. And it's, there's so much power in that difference. Tell me about your favorite books. Oh, 
Oh, I have many. Um, <laughs> what do they say? Only two things change your life. The, the, the people you meet in the books you read. Oh, I, um, there you go. I would, I'd agree with that. You know, I'd agree. Um, all right. I've got two for you. I had some props ready. So that's. Built to last by Jim Collins. That said, I'll give you two books. So that's the business one. Yeah. That's a must read. That's a must read. That talks about why great companies are great. And it's just an easy read. There's thousands of plenty of examples in there. So I highly recommend that one. Um, and this is more the personal one, like um, High Performance Habits from Brendan Bouchard, who you probably know well. Um, yeah, you love him. I love him. Yeah, I do. Everyone. everyone. He, he's probably changed my life the most, to be honest, Elisa, in terms of that motivation to get to the next level. Like I've mm. – the, the things that Brendan has said um, um, and written have – landed on me the most in terms of okay well like the idea of making an income for me by making an impact on people that was probably what changed my life when i figured out that the, the world's not a zero-sum game do you know what i mean where like uh i for me to win other people don't have to lose mm-hmm. so like okay how can i everybody can win Everybody can win. Yeah. So how can I make a lot of money by helping make a lot of impact? So other people can make a lot of money. And that for me was, and I think for every business owner, it's like try if you're not already to get yourself in a situation where it's a win-win, like with what you do, right? You make money by helping other people make money through ROI and digital spend. So I love that model as opposed to, you know, you selling something where, it's overpriced and you, you, you do well out of it, but the consumer has been ripped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a win lose situation. True, true. And, and I think that win lose situations are hard to sustain. Um, you know, where you know, the world's changing where the win win arrangements are, you know, either way of the future. You look at like say Airbnb, right. Where it's a win win because it's like, it's a win for the owner of the property. They get to create an additional revenue, but it's a win for the consumer because they get to stay in a place that maybe is, is cheaper than a hotel and is also a bit more unique. So I look at that and go, yeah, wow, it's, it's not just the hotel winning, like the Marriott aren't just making money. Now you have, you know, mum and dad from, from Barcelona who can make a bit more money to put their kids from school. Do you know what I mean? That's just yeah. a really, there's no losers there. Mm-hmm. It's just that. a shift. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's yeah. even crazier how um the, 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 the economy is shifting towards everybody, every stakeholder of the business has to be happy because like nowadays, like for example, my sister, she's 17. Um Gen Z's are crazy about sustainability and they're actually against Airbnbs and they're against fast fashion, which at the first glance everybody wins. But it's it's like a and just another one, just another paradigm shift. That it's like oh, no 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 no. Not everybody wants. If you take into account, like they they have so much more compassion. It's yeah, it's true. yeah yeah. It's um it's a, it's a, it's a hard one, and I'll try not to get too. I believe that that to be true as well. But I think at mm-hmm. some point, especially the Gen Zs, 
there, there is an element of economics. Of course, we all want the world to be as sustainable as possible, but at some point, someone has to do something to make some money to hire people to, <laughs> to, to, you know, put food in their mouths and, and, and put clothes on their back. I think there's that, there's that, there's the, there's the fine line and there's the balance between sustainability and economics. They need to be, you know, it needs to be juggled because otherwise, you know, we could have, we could all be super healthy and, and, and sustainable, but we, we would be hungry. Yeah. <laughs> true, 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 true. You're right. There's the, there, that's a challenge for another day. For yeah, another generation. Our parents, <laughs> our parents and grandparents, they didn't care about sustainability and health. They only cared about profits and it's slowly mm. changing. Um, but I think we've got to be careful not to go too far. Yeah. That would be interesting to see. Like if, if they go too far, how, how could it look like? Because <laughs> everybody would be very ethical. Everybody will be very happy. But at the same time, as you said, like, for example, people from third world countries that had all these like fast fashion factories in there, like they wouldn't have the salary that they could have. Exactly. Exactly. So like, I mean, mm, is, what is, is really ethical? <laughs> yeah. It's like, is, is a slightly, is a slightly not ideal working condition better mm -hmm. than no working condition? I, I don't know the answer. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I'll let someone smarter than me figure that one out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those tricky ones. No, but, um, but yeah, no, it's been awesome to chat and thanks for having me on today. Yeah. Glad to have you too. <laughs>